Good day. Welcome. You are listening to Conversations from the Porch with your host, author, researcher, and intrepid truth teller, Jack Hart. Jack is looking at the forest through the trees somewhere on the Cumberland Plateau. Now, from the porch, here's Jack Hart. Okay, we're back on the porch, uh, heading towards the new year. Uh, we just got over the, uh, it got down to 28 below zero with the wind chill factor here. It's one of the, one of the coldest places on the, uh, the North American continent. I had posted the, uh, the wind chill factor chart on Facebook. Got a little finger that comes right up from the Arctic and touched Crossville. And here we were. Uh, I thought I moved 850 miles south to get away from winters like that. And it was like as bad as anything I've ever experienced in New York. I mean, you could spit and it would freeze solid in midair. Uh, all right. Now, uh, Reagan. Uh, but to be fair, the snow's all melted off two days later. Right, right. Well, now it's, it's, uh, it's like 50 degrees out and the sun's coming in and out of the sky. Yeah, yeah. But it was, <laughs> I get stuck as a mountain leading to Phil's house and you got to go up it and down it. I got stuck going up at leaving his house on Christmas, and uh <laughs> guy stopped behind me. This is another reason why, like, you know, I wanted to mention this. Like, this guy, it was a truck. He stops behind me, and I see his lights, and I'm trying to like, slide this thing up to the last 40, 30 or 40 feet of the hill, and I couldn't make it, and I figured he's going to beep, lean on his horn or something. The next thing I know, he he's knocking on my door, and uh, in that Tennessee drawl, he's telling me, well, I got to make it to the rough, which is the side of the road, where it's grass and rocks and stuff, and, and put like a tire in that, and then he's going to push, and we can get it to the top, because I, I, I was right 30 or 40 feet before I peaked, at the, I hit the peak. So uh, that's what he did. And I took off, and I thanked him and wished him a Merry Christmas, but I just want to say, like, you know, it's a lot of times with all the stuff about the vaccine uh, and who's going to put who in a camp. It's easy to hate your fellow human beings, but uh, there's a lot of times, who knows what that guy's politics were. Maybe he was, he was all vaxxed up with three boosters. Uh, you know, uh, maybe he was, you know, but people help each other. Exactly, He's, and that's the whole point is, is that's what we're supposed to do. Right, and so, like, you know, don't let... Don't let this get to your head to where you're passing judgments on people, uh, you know. Because uh, remember, when you some, you, you know you need somebody sometime. I'm, I'm the type of guy who never needs anybody. This guy just showed up just when I needed somebody. I didn't say he didn't say a word. Just helped me, you know. Uh, so there's, there's there's a lot of good aspects still about human beings. That's for sure. <coughs> Which brings us to Harold. Now. I had said that, you know, let's, uh, uh, I, I, I had dismissed Harold as a crank when he showed up with my good friend, Cara St. Louis. Now, uh, Cara, I had promoted her first book, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I probably sold the most copies. I, just, I wrote uh, I had like 100,000 on different websites, uh, uh, quite, uh, you know, a review of it. Uh, and she sold pretty many books, more than I sold. Uh, it was about the uh, contrails. The second book, she picked up this guy, Harold, and, you know, he was talking about all kinds of stuff about the thing being real and, uh, you know, uh, John Carpenter's the thing and, you know, that, that with the Magellans and there's entities growing inside of people. Uh, 
you know, and, and when you listen to Harold, you, your, bullsh- your bullshit detector alarms go off real loud as soon as he starts talking. He's one of these guys who never doesn't know. If he doesn't know the answer, he will make up an elaborate bullshit. It's like if you can't dazzle him with brilliance, baffle him with bullshit. And Harold lays it on really thick. And he talks and goes on and on about things he knows nothing about. Uh, he's read a lot of Alex Newwald, obviously. Alec came on the comment section of the human. I think he heard it and he was incensed. Uh, he's got the Queen Manton having her heart removed by the the Black Goose Satan. And uh, well, they put her heart back, but and, uh, uh, now now it's okay to love the Mantons because apparently Harold had an affair with a woman who was uh, in love with a Manton and. And Harold is a, uh, a Kundalini guy, his snake. He talks about his snake. Yeah, really. I, I, uh, this guy, uh, like I said, these the stories he's making, some of them are quite dangerous. Uh, now, the, uh, the whatever it is, I call them pizza crystals. Uh, pizza crystals, uh, he claims they're being sprayed in the air. They probably were at one time. It's a weather modification thing, but as I've already told you, it's more important to be spraying the, the Pseudomonas arginessa, which actually formulates the storm clouds and, and, uh, and uh, snow clouds. Uh, that was probably to uh, amplify uh, the, uh, uh, the harp over in Alaska, which is no longer even active. Uh, now, they are not spraying the, uh, the sky with, with crystals, okay? They are using zinc cadmium sulfide. There's plenty of records of it, both in Great Britain and the United States. They were doing it all through the 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's a heavy metal. They're still spraying heavy metals. They're feeding the beast with it, okay? Uh, Phil, what is that stuff we're taking that's... Uh, uh, you need to, there's ways to purge this stuff out. Well, you've got zeolite that works, and that's a volcanic stone, and diatomaceous earth works as well. Both of them work to, to remove the heavy metals as well as other toxins from the digestive tract, and, and it, that cleansing will clean up the other organs so that they can uh, function more effectively getting rid of it. But you're going to have to be on it for anywhere from, shit, a month to six months probably to get rid of everything in the system. I got sent a pound of it, and I gave like a quarter pound to Phil. I'm taking the stuff maybe a month now. I tell you, I feel a difference. Uh, I'll stay on it for, uh, I guess, six months, you say, Phil, to be safe? Uh, well, yeah. I can tell the difference. It's, it's not going to hurt you. Uh, yeah, just don't breathe limit. it in. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to breathe it. It's like diatomaceous earth. You don't want to breathe that either. Um, but yeah, it, it should uh, definitely make you feel different and feel better. Uh, but you got to drink a lot of water too during the the any kind of cleanse. There's a lot of water that's necessary. Now, now, Harold, he's, he's also been reading us. I, I, he's talking about the bacillus and stuff, like he knows anything about bacillus. Uh, and uh, so so is, this is Dr. Lee, Meredith Lee, and uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm honored. I, I, like I said, she's the only doctor I, I support on the Internet. Uh, you know what? She's got the... Uh, the, the She's she's smart enough to know that like she was talking about uh, 
when they destroyed the shipments of ivermectin and stuff. And, you know, this is not human reactions, man. Uh, you know, you're not going to find your answers from a doctor, one of these internet doctors like Malone and stuff. They have no clue, man. She's the only one that has a clue. There's something going on here, Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones. Uh, there's something going on here that's uh, it's got nothing to do with medical science or, or disease and stuff. But they, they do get into the virus, too. And Harold makes another whopper of a mistake. Uh, she tells him that she doesn't think it's airborne, and she's right. It's not airborne. Uh, I've been poisoned. Uh, we're going to get into that. <laughs> well, hey, in Legion, they was, did the second season. That's the, they predicted this disease in 2019 on that show. And it was, uh, it was in the mind, man. But uh, uh, now we, we're coming out with this other stuff. Uh, Nexus come out with a uh, the Skinwalker, the uh, up to date thing, and the uh, December January issue was relayed to me by Alec Newall. I took the liberty of, you know, well, we discussed it in the call stations uh, uh, behind the uh, paywall. But uh, in any case, uh, Phil go over his, his impressions on that. I already gave mine, uh, but. Uh, that I, I wanted to just say, this this stuff is not airborne. It's not airborne, and, and you're wearing a mask, you're an idiot, okay? Uh, you get this through touch contact. Harold uh, aside, okay? Where you're going to get your information from is from H.P. Lovecraft, and, and Lovecraft is mentioned. Uh, uh, that's how I know Dr. Lee is reading us, among other things. Uh, she also mentioned the gin. She asked Harold about the gin. He has no. He doesn't even know what a gin is. Uh, I, I could. I could see why Alec got so mad because he's taking Alec's material that Alec put his life into, and he's making up a Shirley MacLaine story for it. Uh, you know, I, I, I probably if I was Alec, I, I'd want to punch you out, Harold. And sitting there, uh, you look anemic. Uh, you look like what the hell did they do to you, man? Uh, uh, it looked like you just had a lobotomy, but you're still a con artist. Uh, uh, he wrapped in his mother's sweater. I suppose those chairs all around him. What was that? His imaginary friends? He's always saying, we, we. Was that the we? He had about ten chairs all around him, all empty. Those is we. It's his friends that he consults from from the astral plane. Uh, so... Uh, if you're depending on Satan having been healed and wanting to sleep in the lap of God for a thousand years now, and this summer everything changed, and uh, all the MK Ultra sex slaves are all going to be freed. Uh, no, 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 no. Dismiss Harold. I was right in the first place. He is a goddamn crank, and he's a dangerous crank at that at this point. Uh, the Falklands Islands War was fought over the good black goo. There's no good black goo. And Satan doesn't want to sleep in the lap of God for a thousand years either. If you're a fool enough to believe that, I don't know what else. I, I got a bridge to sell you. I like when, he, when, he, when she asked him about the gin. He says, uh, Tsutulu Spider Kudalini. And he starts talking about the chakras. And, and, and he threw Chitulu in there as controlling three tracks. The guy... You know, uh, you know me and me and Michael, uh, my cousin Sage Aquay, we were good friends with Kara. Uh, and she picked up guys like this. I, I don't, uh, I don't talk to her anymore. I don't think Michael does either. All well, right. everybody's due to make a mistake, and and it depends on what. Yeah, well, let's see. But you know, you, you see it all over the place. People making mistakes, and and it's a case of. 
we'll see what happens on the back end, whether or not that mistake is recognized and carries on as a, because a good journalist or a good uh, writer is going to identify mistakes and let the readers know the mistakes were made. Um, it's not like we haven't done it. Well, I don't think, in Kara's defense, I don't think she talks to Harold anymore either. Uh, you know, uh, and in Dr. Dr. Lee's defense, like I said, this woman, she digs up every, she digs down and she goes down every avenue. Uh, that's very admirable. She's a true scientist, not like these quacks we, all over the internet. And, uh, of course, it's the ones on TV led by Dr. Fauci. That guy's not even a doctor. I don't, I don't know. He's just a con man. Uh, but uh, that's not. I, I just wanted. To, I, I wanted to say that to avoid avoid this guy Harold. And uh, you know, if you got some way to purge the heavy metals from your body, please do so. I feel way better already after a month. Uh, I have people in Canada know about this stuff. They sent me a pound of the. Uh, how do you see a light? See a light. I'll take a picture of it. We'll post it with the uh, with this this on the porch. Uh, uh, now, now we're going to go to Phil's area of expertise. Uh, you know, I, I discover I, I, if I made any mistakes, it was with this uh, covering this Russian war, uh, uh, Ukrainian war. I, I made my mistakes by listening to people other than the ones that I got closest to me. Phil's job in Germany for ten years was to predict what what Putin was going to do. That's what Phil does. Did for a living in the army. Uh, I shouldn't have been taking anybody else's. Uh, I should just asked him. Because we were all squawking and screaming. We got Scott Ritter and those Duran guys, the Bobsy twins there. Those guys never been to fight in the schoolyard. Uh, uh, the winter offensive. Phil said, no, he's going to dig in for the winter. And uh, Phil was right. Why everybody else was wrong. Uh, so if you want to know anything about the Ukraine war, I suggest from now on, you ask Phil. It's his job, man. Go ahead, Phil. Well, history proves that that part of the world, um, at least for the last thousand years, there's been a season to have war. And that season to have war was after the spring planting through until the harvest. And then after the harvest, if you were in a siege, um, you held your siege, you went home, the guys went home, and they harvested. You left a skeleton crew to hold your line and see, hold the siege lines, resupplied yourself, and then in the springtime, all your fighters would come back. That's historically what's happened. Well, that wasn't just because people had to go and work the farms for their, their lord and, and savior that was the one who brought them to the war to begin with. Um, that had to do with the weather. Um, if, if you look at any of the history going back as far as Alexander, wintertime, uh, your supply lines are slowed uh, because of mud, bad roads, uh, and until everything freezes, you can't do a dang thing. Now think about the difference between a horse and a cart and the amount that a cart can hold and the weight of a battle tank. That battle tank's going to sink up to the turret in some of the mud that's in that part of the world. Um, so that's something that the, the generals, obviously Putin's generals, have to be aware of. And, and being able to look at that and look at history and 
the uh, um, siege of Stalingrad and, and all of those different things, even in the 20th century, the, you can't move great numbers of troops, especially mechanized troops, when the ground is not frozen. And, and in the Ukraine, the ground's not going to freeze probably until sometime next month. If he does anything, what he's going to do is he's going to continue launching missiles. He's going to look at what the next step is. And, and all of that being said, you know, the countries that were once part of the Soviet Union, um, Serbia, Bosnia, um, all of these little places that have split apart when the Soviet Union split apart, are now preparing to go back to war with each other. Some are saying, well, Russia's going to attack us too. And so they're building up against Russia. This is all, in my mind, everything that we're seeing, in addition to the billions and billions of dollars going to the, uh, the Ukraine, is, is nothing more than U.S. and NATO looking for ways to continue enriching their industrial complex partners. Um, that's what it comes down to. And, you know, I saw a, a headline this morning that uh, if we took the money that's gone to Ukraine, you could send $200 million to every single congressional district in this country. Exactly. What, what could your local county government do um, if they got $50 million? You know, if there's four counties in a district, that would be $50 million a district. I know in my county they could do a whole heck of a lot with it um, because of the influx of people from California and New York that are coming here. Well, we've always had Mexicans. That, that's why Monterey is called Monterey. <laughs> you know, just down the road from us. It's a huge Mexican community. But all these Mexicans that I know... Oh, they're all nice. Yeah, They're nice. They came here legally. Some of them have been here 20, 25 yeah. years. Uh, and yeah, some I, of them got Tennessee drawls. It's kind of funny. Mexican <laughs> with the Tennessee their kids drawl. do, yeah. <laughs> and, and one of the interesting things, just a quick aside, I was speaking with a friend of mine who is part owner in a Mexican restaurant, and uh, he goes back to Mexico a couple times a year to visit mom and visit family and so on. And uh, I said, when are you going to retire? He said, well, I can't retire until I start getting Social Security. He's been here legal 25 years. He's been paying into the system. He's got enough points to draw Social Security. And he also now, over the last few years, purchased a piece of property in Mexico and so now he's going home to start building a house for he and his wife. Um, that is admirable, considering the number of Americans that I see that are, are moving out of this country. Um, people have to plan for that. But, but going back to the, the original thought here, um, Russia and, and the Ukraine... I find very interesting the way that the media is playing what's going on. Um, Putin's Secretary of State equivalent or whatever um, last week or two weeks ago said that they're more than willing to sit down and negotiate. Yeah, what? Well, 
Um, and then the following headline was the Ukrainians said, no, hell no, we'll never negotiate. We want everything back. And then this last week, of course, um, we hear that Ukraine is calling for peace talks. Well, that's only so that they can stop the uh, Soviet Russian Putinistas from doing uh, their consolidation. Um, because what, what they're trying to do by saying we want peace talks is to stop any movement in and out of Ukraine by the Russians. Um, they want to stop the fighting. They want a cessation of hostilities until the peace talks are over, yada, yada, yada. Well, historically, the, the Russians have never, ever stopped operations when they were conducting peace talks. It's just not in their nature to do that. Um, and, and I just found it very odd that a week after the uh, Ukrainians said, no, we'll not negotiate, and, and the Russians say, yes, we want to negotiate, then the Ukrainians are changing their tune. Uh, we could see you know, discussions of, of consolidation of, of gains and so on in the Donbass and the other regions. We could seriously see those coming as soon as this week or next week if uh, the, the Ukrainian government decides to get off of their high horse um, and just sit down. And, and, but the, the Washington NATO machine that is making billions and billions and billions of dollars um, from this operation are going to be hard put to allow it to happen. That's my take on it. As far as operations, he's going to consolidate um, until the ground's frozen. That mech armor's not going anywhere. It's it's going to sit in the mud, and they and they know that. Economically, the only people being hurt by all of this are the same people that were hurt by COVID in Western Europe, and and that's where the real crux of the matter lies. Um, until the people of of Western Europe say no more, which they're starting to do, um, you know the the Washington NATO push is going to continue to be. We have to have a bad guy, and that bad guy is Russia. Um, I don't think so. I, I think the, the farmer in Russia is concerned about the same thing a farmer here in South America or Africa is thinking. Um, people are people, and they, for the most part, want to be left alone. I suspect the farmers in Russia got more in common with the farmers in America and mid-America mid, mid, mid than, than maybe anybody else in the world. Uh, these are their, uh, their brothers from another mother, man. Uh, they should actually get together and talk and, and, and push this crazy D.C. government aside. Because uh, you know what? You know, you know it's generating, the mil- America's military is generated by, by, by the red states, uh, in spite of whatever. The last I looked, 70% of the military was... Uh, uh, so, um. Well, you know, since you bring that up, that's something that crossed my mind the other day. Um, you know, there's so many people that I meet um, that are in their 
late 20s, 30s, and some of them early 40s that have no clue what they're going to do beyond get up and go to work today or go look for a job today. Um, And I have to think back to when I was 35, 40 years old. I didn't give any thought to being 65 or 70 years old. Um, I spent all of my time thinking about uh, in between stints in the military. I spent all of my time thinking about how am I going to pay the bills. I got to get up and go to work and pay the bills. And that was what the time was spent doing. Um, I wasn't one of those guys that had you know, thousands of dollars in the bank and, uh, you know, big college degrees all along the road. Uh, I dug ditches if I had to, whatever I had to do to pay the bills. And, and that really is where, where I'm at with the military. Um, I got a second chance when they called me back to go handle issues in Europe and the Middle East. Um, and, and that second chance was very important. And we don't have the means in this country anymore to work 30 years and out for General Motors. Um, used to be. I knew a lot of guys worked 30 years for Ford and General Motors and retired. Went on to do other great things. Uh, one of those was my uncle, a machinist. Um, you know, the... That isn't the case. It isn't the norm anymore. Uh, Most people don't even have a clue what a 401k is or an IRA, Roth IRA, or any of those things. But those are certainly very important things for the future, as is the maintenance of Social Security. Uh, Although Social Security won't even provide survival for people. Um, in this day and age. So there's a a means there, or things there, that aren't being taught. Um, And and that's something I think needs to be brought back into the schools, at least for a semester, which is planning for your future, goal setting, all of those different things that are necessary uh, when you look back at 60 and 65 years old and you go, well, what the heck am I going to do now? I can't work anymore, but I can't survive on what I'm going to get. Um, well, a lot of those people were never um, you know, told they were good enough to get beyond minimum wage. And some of them never did and never do. And, and that it's a shame because the, the academics and the, the educational system is, is pushing the wrong way. They're, they're making the government the safety net. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, we could talk to a blue in the face about uh, everything that's being done wrong in this country. Because it's <laughs> basically been everything's being done ass backwards. That's almost somewhat deliberate. Uh, not somewhat with this administration. It's clearly deliberate. And uh, so, uh, somebody's come up with uh, a challenge to this administration that might finally hold some water. And uh, Phil informs me that yesterday the uh, 
the uh, what was it? The subpoena on Trump was dropped. <laughs> Congress, the congressional, the January six, the January six committee dropped the uh, subpoena on Donald Trump. Um, they're not going to bring him in. Uh, I suspect that the reason they did so, and I haven't read their 500 or 700 page report yet from the January 6th committee, and I'm not going to, it's too damn long and too much bullshit, but um, I think they they sent their report off, had all the attorneys at Department of Justice look at it, and and they laughed them out of the uh, the office. Right, that January 6th is going to be replaced by a new January 6th. And this one is uh, looks like uh may actually get some justice here. Uh, these, uh, these four Bronson brothers, Bronson brothers, they're private citizens. They have initiated a suit and uh, it's now made it to the Supreme Court. Uh, now... Uh, what I didn't realize, I'll just give you a brief my take on uh, What I didn't realize is, is one of these elections in 2020, 2020, uh, they, 100 congressmen had went to the other ones and claimed that, you know, this, this, these elections were fixed and they wanted an investigation. They needed to do an investigation, yes. And they were ignored. And they were ignored. 100 of your congressmen were ignored by the rest of them. They never did this. Uh, so now what these guys did uh, is they sued them, not for fixing the elections, but for dereliction of duty, which is, uh, that describes every congressman perfectly. Phil, you want to take it from there because you're much more knowledgeable. Than well, uh, the, the thing that I saw when I went through this, well, when we went through the election in, in 2020, um, you know, I was upset. I was highly upset because of all the things that had occurred. But after 2016 and, and going back to the hanging chads and George Bush, um, in the, both sides have been trying their best to ensure that they're going to win, but they're doing it outside legal channels or they're changing laws to, that make no sense um, you know, or two laws that make no sense. And they... So in 2020, I looked at the election, and, and I told Jack this. Um, you know, there's going to be lawsuits. There are going to be people that take this up. And, and finally, uh, I saw this two years later, two, two years and a bit later, I saw that uh, the Supreme Court was going to hear this case. And the crux of the matter is, and and. The federal government failed to respond. And in legal terms, when I do a a request for information in a lawsuit, I want to depose someone. I want their side of the story. Um, That is normally written in such a manner as if they fail to respond, as an example, if you sued a bank, um, there are clauses that you put in that lawsuit that state if you fail to respond, then you are in fact um, in default. We will find that you are in default and uh, you ha- the judge will have to find in our favor. <laughs> I'm sure that was in the suit, 
and the federal government failed to respond. So if, if the suit was written correctly, then the Supreme Court is going to look at this case and decide that the federal government um, is in default, is wrong, the plaintiffs are wrong. Um, I don't know if any of the um, Congress people or the president have responded to the, uh, the case. I haven't heard anything, read anything about it. Um, but it did bypass any of the smaller appeals courts. I think, and I thought about this earlier today, I think the federal government either knows that it's going to not uh, meet the criteria for something that the Supreme Court's going to hear um, for whatever reason, or the federal government knows that the Supreme Court's going to find against the plaintiffs and, and uh, find in favor of Congress. Uh, the whole point here being, if the Supreme Court determines that, yes, these people were all derelict, then it still remains uh, another um, lawsuit, likely, to remove them all from office because that's the remedy. The, and, and so, therefore, it would have to go to um, the congressional uh, oversight committees. It'll have to go to their moral equivalency boards or whatever to determine what the punishment is for these people uh, for being derelict in their duty. Uh, they're not being charged with treason. Uh, and, and so those charges, when they, they stand up to the Supreme Court, now it has, it's going to go back to the federal government and the Department of Justice and the congressional committees to determine what they're going to do about it. Uh, my guess is, even if they are found derelict, they're saying they'll they'll never serve in public office again. I think that's stipulated in the suit that they're never to serve in public office again. Right. Well, the the Supreme Court will determine whether or not that is in fact a legal remedy. Um, you know, the remedy is removed from office and not being able to run for office. And those are things that are in the suit. But once the the, the Supreme Court d determines that, yeah. That's everything here is right and correct. Um, you still got to get them out of office, and, <laughs> and and therein lies the the difficulty because of the um, the impeachment process that would have to take place. Um, I could see it causing succession. You know, uh, I can see states saying, if you don't do something about this, we're not going to, for instance, trade with your state. Um, as an example, if uh, Tennessee meat has to go to Atlanta because the people in Atlanta are hungry, and the people in or the senators and Congress people out of out of Georgia all voted to um, accept the election results, 
and then the Tennessee legislature says, you know what, we're not going to export to, to Georgia anymore because of the corruption that's proven by the Supreme Court decision in the state of Georgia, then the, the people in Georgia, they'll be getting a little hungry, um, might do something about it. The end result of this, I don't see anybody, the Supreme Court saying, okay, military, throw them all out. I don't see that happening. They're asking for military tribunals. That's, that's also stipulated. In the-, in the end, and that's what we ask for. And that brings us to intent. You know, we've talked about intent and things that uh, once they are spoken can be manifest with greater numbers speaking it. Well, if enough people in the United States start talking about the corruption in Congress, regardless of the media, um, it will manifest something different. The solution being, of course, they all need to be out of office and we need to reset and restart. Um, and but the the ultimate on this particular case is even if uh, the Supreme Court finds that they were all derelict in their duties, they would have to also state in their finding that the end result of this is they can no longer serve in public office. Um, then they will have to be escorted from Washington. And then you get into, okay, every state's going to have to hold special elections or the governors will have to appoint replacements until special elections are held and so on. Just as in the case of a congressman dying or a congresswoman that has to leave office because of disgrace or whatever, um, those those people uh, that are initially put in place are quite likely going to be of the same cloth depending on the state they're coming from uh, and the state government. And then once the elections are held, then we'll see what's happening. Um, I'm very interested to see if the Supreme Court even has a finding um, beyond, well, we can't take this up because it's not our pure view or whatever the case happens to be. Um, military tribunals has always been my course of action when dealing with the people in Washington, D.C. And if the Supreme Court does, in fact, find against all of those 379 or whatever it was that voted to certify the elections, uh, then, yeah, we'll have some issue uh, because of separation of, of powers. Um, because you've got two branches of government being told by the third branch of government, uh, everything you've done is unconstitutional. Well, then it comes down to the military to um, follow their oaths, which the higher up you get, the less you follow your oath to support and defend the Constitution. You're more beholden to Congress looking for that next star. Um, we shall see. We shall see right. very soon. Um, I will. I will be watching January sixth very closely. January sixth. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's coming on January sixth. Mm-hmm. You know, like the detectives say on TV, there's no such thing as coincidences. Yep. 
Maybe this is the new January 6th. What they said, uh, one thing they said that uh, maybe gives us more uh, optimism uh, or more right to be optimistic is that the uh, this is a lame duck Congress. And uh, what they're going to attempt to do now before they go out is, is disfigure the Supreme Court. Uh, they're going to put a, uh, term restrictions on it. They're going to look to do this, put term restrictions on them, uh, uh, age limits and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, the, the, in lieu of packing, uh, packing the court, which is their end goal. I don't, I don't think they're going to accomplish any of that because uh, next week is when the new Congress gets sworn in. Yeah. You know, so. so they're going to have to do it. If they do it any time, it'll, it'll be tomorrow. Because, you know, all that crazy shit that they do in Congress comes out on a Friday evening um, on a long weekend. Well, for most people, this coming weekend is a long weekend. They'll do it Friday night so that nobody knows because the news cycles don't run that way uh, until Tuesday of next week when the new Congress is being Brought Great in points. Yeah. and sworn in. While you were uh, while you were drinking for New Year's <laughs> Eve, uh, yeah, yeah, Con- <laughs> Congress is screwing you again. We store store the Dumas. <laughs> yeah, so no more Congress is a Dumas now. <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to see what happens on January sixth. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's it's just maybe one way where this could. Uh, actually uh, peacefully uh, 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 reconcile itself. I, I don't see it happening, but they can always hope. Uh, you know. Uh. Well, a lot of that comes back to uh, other things that we're seeing, and are those other things, or is this the distraction from uh, the other things? And, and the other thing I'm referring to now is something Jack talked about uh, yesterday was uh, Skinwalker and the the information that was provided um, through Nexus Magazine by Alec um, to the paid subscribers and uh, I've been looking at this and there's been a lot of talk since about 2019 uh, regarding disclosure of UFOs, aliens, uh, unidentified aerial phenomena, ATIP program, Skinwalker Ranch, um, all of these different things. And, and it's become very mainstream. I've followed the, the uh, program. I think on, more mainstream uh, than most on, people even dream. Uh, that, that's Right. Uh, you know, you got the highest offices in the intelligence uh, in the Nexus. Uh, yeah, well, that's their black money. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, the article that was shared um, is, it's, it's one of those articles, you read it and you go, yeah, I can see all of this. Considering those of us that follow the the UFO phenomena and the alien phenomena and the multidimensional prospects and portals and all these different things. Hell, I grew up watching Time Tunnel. How is it any different? Um, I think they've been uh, slowly feeding the information out there. and, And I had one thing that occurred... Well, 
that really made me look at the timing of this release. And, and that which made me look at the timing of the release of these guys' book that's referenced, uh, which is what the excerpt is from. Uh, Kellum's book, yeah. Um, I got to thinking, uh, because in, yesterday I saw a headline and I read the article regarding the National Defense Authorization Act, which was just signed last week. This big military budget every year, they have to go through and do it. Um, the NDAA was signed, and as part of that, anybody that sees and watches the Tic Tac videos that are all over the place, looking at those UFOs or whatever the hell they are, uh, the uh, Congress put in the National Defense Authorization Act wording to protect people in black programs, especially the UFO technology, reverse engineering programs, um, those kinds of programs, people who interact with aliens, or so they say, uh, those programs are so deep and the threat of prison and or death so real to the people in those programs, you don't hear from them. Um, the only one you've really heard about that's still alive is Bob Lazar. Um, but when you go and look at, at the programs, you know that are there, Lockheed Martin, Martin Marietta, um, you know, the, the big technology companies, the big aircraft companies, that's where those programs' money is going. And so the Congress said... We are going to protect people who will come and tell us what is going on. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But I, I, I'm got some optimism with regard to um, some transparency with those programs. I've I've had people in my past in my other world um, that told me stories, told me stories about men in black or suits, uh, not necessarily men in black, but suits coming in and, and requesting all of the data, all of the recordings, everything, and, of course, reminding everyone of their non-disclosure agreements. Um, hopefully those people will come forward and, and go to Congress because within the military, uh, you, especially for those guys that have retired, um, they're still subject to the Uniform Code of Military Justice. They're still subject to federal law based upon their uh, non-disclosure agreements. But if this nullifies those non-disclosure agreements, at least in the, the sense of uh, being able to speak to Congress about what they're doing, about what they've seen, about wh what we're now seeing as mainstream media on the television set, um, maybe some truth will come out. And, and the other thing is, is again, we're talking billions and billions of dollars that could be going to your local communities that are going to hide the facts as we know them. And those facts go back thousands of years when you start looking at all of the things that are cut in stone across this planet uh, that indicate 
we're not alone. And the hitchhikers at Skinwalker Ranch and the things that are going on at Skinwalker Ranch and elsewhere around the planet, uh, I think, are multidimensional rips in the fabric of time, whether you call them tunnels or vortexes or portals or whatever you want to call them, uh, black holes, mini black holes, who knows? But what we have is much greater than this physical self that we call our, our bodies and our consciousness and our, our souls. And the psychic attachment that they talk about in that article, for those of you that have read it, <coughs> excuse me, um, it's, it's certain to me that we are limited as to the input that we can feed back to our consciousness or our home, our soul, uh, by the physical aspects of the senses. Now, there are people who have the ability to see beyond the normal range of, of sight. There are people who have the ability way beyond the normal sense of smell or taste. These are skilled individuals. Well, if they can see and and feel those things um, and sense those things, we all can. And, and animals see in different lights than we do. Cats are gr- great guardians of... Um, a local environment because of their ability to sense creatures. Why do cats always get um, pegged as being a witch's or a warlock's familiar? Because the cats know. Which they are. (laughs) And they are. There's nothing wrong with a familiar. (laughs) No. They they will let you know. Suggest you go find yourself one. When there's an invader. Um, And... Anyone who is somewhat sensitive to changes in their psychic environment will um, determine through exercise and practice what that cat is is sensing. The the cat may be able to see something, physically see something because of the difference in their eyes, but you will be able to sense it with practice. Um, The the hitchhiker theory... um, that is really something that that psychics and uh, mediums throughout the ages have talked about. Just just clarify what that is. If people didn't read the article. Okay, uh, it's, it's been known to follow people home, uh, and 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 not only follow people. The scientists that worked on the Skinwalker Project, it went to their kids, and then it went to their kids' friends in school, uh, and. Uh, they were talking about uh, using the same way they figured out how COVID spreads to see how this spreads because that, that's what they call right. the hitchhiker effect. The, the article is um, taking something from the psychical realm, that being the attachment of a demon, a jinn, some form of energy, whatever label you want to put on that form of energy, and and the more I think about it, I don't know if the energy is malevolent or not. 
in general. I think it can be either. It can be either, but it... It's it, like but, a reflection in the mirror. But it's, potentially that same energy doesn't know malevolence versus... Um, it's got a cosmic consciousness. Exactly. Like Dr. It, Lee was talking about with Harold. Uh, yeah. That, it, uh, so if you have a psychical entity, which is just here to experience, um, maybe it doesn't know that if it touches you, it, as in the case of uh, people that were talked about in this article who had been at Skinwalker Ranch, <laughs> If one of those glowing orbs touches you, you're likely to get pretty darn sick. Well, maybe the, the entity that is, is visiting, or is always here but becoming much more prevalent, um, doesn't know that it's causing sickness. Um, I go back to the movie The War of the Worlds, well, or the book The War of the Worlds. How was it all the Martians wound up dead? Because of a virus. Now, if you look at a virus as a psychical thing as opposed to a physical thing um, it makes good sense especially when you you add to that some of the things that Alec Newall has experienced and expressed um, the concerns of those he was visiting with uh, as to his spiritual or his soul versus whether he was clean physically or not um and so in the case of, of Skinwalker Ranch, you see these guys' uh, meters and equipment that they're using out at that ranch just going crazy. Some of the things go off the scale, uh, whether it be radiation, magnetism, or whatever. Well, they get taken to the hospital periodically, too. Yes, and oh. some of them wind up. And, and the interesting thing about it is... Um, the energy releases are measurable. Whether it's an electromagnetic signal at 1.6 gigahertz, 1.64 gigahertz to be more precise, or it's uh, just magnetic an anomalies where the entire uh, spectrum that's being measured has power being generated to raise the noise floor. Uh, you know, the or radiation through Geiger counters. All of these different things are measurable. Uh, and the things that they're seeing, the orbs that they see in the sky in relation to um, activities on the ranch, those, uh, I've seen several explanations as to what these orbs or Tic Tacs are. Um, and, and I think, as, for the most part, the actual sightings of those things, although they're not corporeal, meaning they're not solid, um, I think what we're seeing are things that are within the visual, generating some kind of signals within the visual spectrum. Um, but they they are generating space and time or bending space and time around their physical nature. If you took a flying saucer and just set it in your backyard and it had the ability to bend space and time, when it turned on, what's going to happen? 
um, it's either going to disappear or that space-time will be a kaleidoscope or it will be um, something that's very bright. That's what I think we're seeing here, and is something that is able to generate a field um, physically or as a byproduct of its propulsion, um, its sensory, uh, um, its sensing the environment, whatever it happens to be, um, it's generating something so that it does not have the effects of gravity. It does not have the effects of, shoot, for that matter, the, the molecules that are in the atmosphere or in the water. Um, they talk about these things being able to go underwater at Mach 3 and Mach 4. Well, there's nothing that we have or that we know of that can go Mach 3 or Mach 4 underwater, but I, I've seen it explained that if you have a field that's bending space-time around your craft, then your craft can go whatever speed you it's want. It's a vacuum. It's, it's not- because it's operating in that that vacuum or that bubble of space-time. Uh, That's why they don't get whiplash from these the, 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 the exactly, and stuff. Because their gravity is the gravity inside of that. Um, and And so... When you think about that, and going back to the the article and the the transfer of these entities or the psychical energy of these entities to individuals, that is um, an energy force that is an attachment. A hitchhiker is an attachment, and the hitchhiker makes itself known and experiences our world in its own way, but it makes itself known uh, through making noise, poltergeist-type activity, or it becomes known through causing sicknesses. Well, if you are exposed to microwave radiation from your unshielded microwave in your house, you're going to get sick. If you're exposed to a particular... Uh, chemical and that chemical interacts with your body in such a way as to cause cancer is it the physical chemical or is it the change in frequency that that chemical causes within the body that causes the sickness in in the physics world and the quantum world it is the energy change within your cell structure that causes you sickness. And we know for a fact that if I match or if I input a frequency into my brain, my brain waves will try to match that frequency. It's called entrainment. Biurnal beats work that way. The people that do uh, remote viewing use a particular form of biurnal beats along with their meditation prior to their remote viewing. What is that? That is the consciousness leaving the body, going somewhere, seeing something, experiencing, feeling, emotions, and so on. Well, there's nothing to say that these travelers that become hitchhikers 
are not the same thing. They are an entity that is traveling non-locally um, through the use of energy and, and maintaining that energy as a consciousness. Or conversely, they're part of the energy of the entire universe and the universe is just making itself known in a different way. Um, but the, the psychic hitchhikers, I've heard about that my entire life in one form or another. Um, you know, you've got charlatans who, um, palm readers, tarot readers, all of these gypsies, as they were called when I was early in life, um, they all talk about, well, you have this demon that's following you. This demon is attached to you. You know, the Bible's full of casting out demons. Well, those demons are really just psychical or energy entities, and they're quite likely conscious, and they have the ability through their energy to produce physical manifestations in this particular realm. Uh, do we get rid of them? You have to be clear. Um, if you are being forced to do something um, and you get angry about it, then you have to ask yourself, why am I being forced to do something? Uh, if you are living a life of good and solid character as we understand good and solid character, helpful to others and working for a living and, and doing the things that you're doing for others as opposed to everything being for yourself, um, I don't think there's as much of a chance that those things will attach to you. The other aspect of that is if um, you have an appreciation and a love for your fellow man, for your planet. If you're a tree hugger and a bunny hugger, but you go out and you kill people, that doesn't count. But if your entire life is led for the good of the planet, the good of the species, the good of everything that is here, and that's what you're learning to do while you're here, I think there's a less of a chance that these entities, if you show them appreciation and that same love, will attach to you. Uh, I think they attach to people who are skeptical, that, that don't have experiences, um, or have an open mind, but they haven't learned yet. The uh, open mind has to be directed to... Uh, an output from the individual, both in this realm and back to the source realm, that output needs to be a positive output as opposed to negative. Um, because the article did state, and, and I've seen it many other places, that appreciation for this entity or these entities and, and showing them appreciation and communication just like a glass of water. You can show appreciation, love, and thanks for a glass of water and, and change what the water does in you and what it does for you. 
um, I think it's the same with these entities. They experience emotion the same way we do. Well, that's like the Europeans believe with the leprechauns and the gnomes, and the, to, you leave a cup of tea out for them to protect the household. Uh, yeah, the, the the spirits from Europe and, and across the world, the the ancient and the Asians, thoughts, they believe the same thing. The too. ancient thoughts about jinn and and little bitty spirits and elves and and all of these things if you're malevolent toward them they're going to be malevolent toward you you get what you put into it um if, if you are very skeptical after an experience with these things yeah you're gonna find it to be very difficult for you i'm afraid you christians should remember you reap what you sow man you reap what you uh, sow Thanks for joining us for today's Conversations from the Porch. To view and listen to Jack's work, subscribe at jackhart.substack.com. We hope you found today's conversation interesting and informative. Join us next time for Jack Hart's Conversations from the Porch.